Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Amen. We start a powerful series today. We just came out of a series called Others. And I hope that at least in that one month, you led someone to Christ or you brought them somewhere where they were led to Christ. I mean, there was such grace for that. But there is still grace. The year is still young. Hmm? Yeah, I just make sure before the year ends, at least you can account for one soul in the kingdom. It is sad when you pursue everything else apart from the thing that is most important to the heart of God, which is souls men and women, children, that God is on mission and we join him on mission to bring his children home. And so today we start a series called Everyone Gets to... Everyone Gets to do what? Everyone gets... Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, you're allowed to speak in church. Yeah, at least now they have permission because maybe someone told you when you're in church... You have to pretend that you're mute. No, no, no. In church, you're allowed to talk and to engage and to be alive. Amen. Our first time guests, I extend an an extra warm welcome from the pastoral team here at Worship Harvest. Thank you so much for being with us today. We know that you'll be blessed. Children, children's church is upstairs. Upstairs. So make your way there. More fun there. So we, we have started the series, which is talking about how everyone gets to do what to play and what we are talking about today is discipleship that everyone gets to play a part one of the things that i found out about the topic of discipleship in the church is that it's one of those that many believers exclude themselves from when you hear it you're like ah that's for some pastors maybe not so in our minds it's for pastors it's for such church planters and what we call deep spiritual people i don't know who those are and how you find how deep they are i don't know how how do you identify a deep spiritual person they speak king james english huh? their voice sounds like they are from the mountain and they speak like that they don't say spirit they say spirit you can also start you can say spirit and you become deep if that's what it takes So that discipleship is for every believer. It is a command given that everyone gets to play a part in discipleship. Everyone gets to play. And today my prayer is that your heart will be opened to the truth that you have an opportunity and a part to play in discipleship. That you're not excluded. Even though you're one day old in Christianity, you have a part to play. You see, let me... me, (laughs) Let me, let me ask you a question. Like when you think about discipleship in the kingdom is what parenting is in the world. Is there any... Yeah, think about it. Because parents are the ones who raise you, who teach you culture, who teach you manners, who think about your education, give you opportunities, think about your future. It's a parent. Who qualifies to be a parent? Is it for deep, deep something people? Is it for the economically mature? No. You know that from the day you're born, God wires your system to be able to become a parent one day. You're born when your reproductive system is working perfectly. 
just waiting to mature to get to a certain age where from that point on you can actually be a parent so from the day you're born you're born wired to parent one day and so when you're born again you're born again wired to disciple one day the things of the natural teach us the things of the spirit just like there's no qualification to be a parent in the world because you see if you wanted to stop population if you wanted to end the world the quickest way is to sterilize people stop them from the capacity to reproduce even the church the quickest way to kill the church is to stop people from making disciples because where there is no discipleship there's no reproducing of strong believers you just have a mass of people who are sterile unfruitful self-centered they're all thinking about themselves the quickest way to become mature as a christian is not only through reading your bible and praying every day it is through taking responsibility for another person the moment you do you will read your bible and pray every day no one will have to ask you because you have to someone is depending on you they're asking you questions so you, you find that actually you need to read your bible you need to talk to god you're dealing with when you have a parent suddenly you you start finding out about schools which schools are good before you are not interested you didn't know which primary schools exist but suddenly you're visiting nursery schools primary schools thinking about education plans i don't know what what works what doesn't how come because now you have children you can't say i will become mature by becoming mature mm, i'm going to read parenting books hmm until i become mature as a parent no have babies you will become mature as a parent by reason of responsibility so everyone gets to play if you want to be mature as a believer get engaged in the work of discipleship get engaged in the work of it is the quickest way to your maturity maturity doesn't come by self-centeredness it is the, ma- the mature are the ones who think about others that's a sign of maturity is when you can think about another person apart from yourself is when instead of eating the money you pay school fees that's maturity maturity is not capacity to eat money you understand eh? so maturity is read your bible a mature believer is the one who helps get others to read their bibles that's a mature believer maturity is not me quoting scripture is when i can teach people to quote scripture then i'm mature maturity is capacity to reproduce what is in you in another and that only comes in the spiritual realm through discipleship if we are going to build a strong church if the mountain of the lord is going to be exalted above all the mountains if we are going to become a church that is strong we must make disciples there is no other way discipleship is the dominant strategy my friends it is the way jesus chose we can't come up with our own strategy if you're going to raise people who are strong in culture who you have to have parents if you get a child who was raised by parents even in the orphanages they are trying to reproduce parents they're trying to figure out how to parent the children a child who is raised by themselves on the street you can't compare them to a child who is raised in a loving home with parents but parents must make sacrifices for children to be able to have a good life and they raise those children in hope that one day they'll also become parents and raise others who also in hope that they'll also become parents that's how you raise a strong family a strong family is not raised by selfish individuals who only focus on their needs your understanding i'm about to get in the scriptures but i need to lay the foundation i want you to listen to me without excluding yourself 
without thinking I'm talking about your sister or your brother or your pastor. I'm talking to you. Tell your neighbor they are talking to you. Mm. Some people are like I will not talk to my neighbor. You can I see them I tell, tell, tell your neighbor they look at me. I'm not your neighbor. Your neighbor is the person seated to the chair next to you. I say tell your neighbor they are talking to you. Yes. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you who is seated in that chair. I'm talking to you. I'm saying everyone gets to play. Right now I have an eight months old baby. But I'm raising her with the knowledge that one day she will be a parent. Equipping her. When I see her, I can't just see an infant. I have to be able to quickly see who she will be. If, she, if the child is five years old and they are throwing a tantrum, I multiply that tantrum times five. I see a 25-year-old in a boardroom throwing a tantrum. I discipline the behavior. If I have my seven-year-old at the table eating badly, I multiply that by three. I see a 21-year-old at a table with, with, who will lack opportunity with their mouth open at a date and they can't get married because I did not teach them to eat well at the age of seven. When you see your fellow believers doing funny things, do you see the parental responsibility? Or you say, ah, why? Me, I have to take care of myself. You're not a good Christian. You're immature, you're selfish. Of course, I'm not talking to you. You, you. You're not the ones. The ones who are not here, who are going to watch after, the ones you're going to send the link to. They're the ones I'm addressing. You, you look, doesn't your neighbor look like a very mature Christian? They, they look deep, not so. They look like they are making disciples who are shaking the world. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking about the other people who are not here today. When you see your fellow believer and they are doing something off, Take on the parental responsibility. They just need a disciple. Me and those people as a parent, if a child of someone I know is misbehaving, I don't ask permission. I discipline. Because my hope is they would do the same for my child. As opposed to postpone the discipline and tell me, last week, huh, I found your child abusing so and so. What did you do about it? Yeah. Everyone gets to do what? No one is excluded. Say no one is excluded. No one. We must play. In the book of Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20, which if you're in worship harvest, you probably know this so well. But we are going to break it down again. We will teach this thing until you're all making disciples. So don't get annoyed. When you, yeah, because if, if, if you were all making disciples, there would be no need to teach it. But that anointed neighbor of yours, I don't want you to ask them how many disciples they are making. Don't ask them. Don't ask them. But I'm preaching it because of your neighbor. You, you're making disciples. But that neighbor, the one on your left especially, the neighbor on the left is the one I'm talking to. So I need you to help me. Help your neighbor. Not so yeah. So don't say Banange discipleship again. And when you do it, then we will know you're mature. We'll stop telling you about it. But before you do, your neighbor on the left does it. We have to keep teaching. That's why even when there's a new uh, disease, whatever, they bring a, a booster. 
So this is a booster shot, immunization. A new strain of no discipleship. You inject one more time. Mm. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 together. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me where? In heaven and on earth. Uh Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. That's a very long sentence. It's not three verses, it's one sentence. Hmm? So let's go back to verse 18. Who is speaking these words? I'm going to go, I want us to go slowly. Who is speaking these words? Is Jesus Lord of your life? What does it mean to have a Lord? A Lord is a master, it is someone who you listen to. Lord is not your landlord, Lord is a master. Someone who is over you. Someone you listen to. Someone you obey without question. He is Lord. I find that many of us have accepted Jesus as our Savior, but not our Lord. He's our Savior. We love the benefits of it, but we don't listen to him. Because our Lord is to be obeyed. Without question. Our bosses are our Lords, but Jesus, I'm not sure. When your boss says this, you adjust. Work starts at seven, you adapt. You work six days a week, you adapt. Annoyed, but you adapt. When they say make disciples, Jesus told you, you say, I'm praying about it. Who is the real Lord? I'm talking to your neighbor on the left. They are the ones who are making us have such conversations. Jesus came and spoke. Who is speaking these words? I've asked you again, is Jesus Lord? Then I need you to listen as if Jesus is actually Lord of your life. This is not a suggestion from your friend or your pastor. This is the one you have said is your Lord indeed. That's why he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? In other words, if you call me Lord, you should do what I say. One of the marks of the Lordship of Jesus in your life is you do what he says. When you like it, when you don't like it, when it's comfortable, when it's not comfortable. If he is Lord. If he's not Lord, of course. Like now my husband is Lord. He's my Lord. Hey, my Lord, Mukamawangi. So there are things he asks me to do and I do whether I'm comfortable or not. But another man, someone else's husband, it's their opinion. With all due respect. They're not my husband. They're not my Lord. Do you understand the difference? So how you respond to someone shows the position they have in your life. How you respond to the next words of Jesus is going to show his position in your life. Did Jesus consult them and say, guys, I have a suggestion. I don't know what you think about it. I'd like us to discuss. Did he ask? He spoke to them saying. He was informing them of the next mission as their Lord. So how you hear is impacted by who, how you see the person talking to you. The people when they are talking, I'm not listening. The people when they start talking, I stop what I'm doing. Because of who they are in my life. So even us, how we respond to the next words, it's just a picture of who God is, his position in our lives. Because when someone is Lord, you don't do what's comfortable. You respond to them, even when it's not comfortable. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, what's happening? Quietness Presbyterian. We are reading together. 
We read the script. Some of you, this is the only Bible you will read the whole, from, la, from Sunday last week. Yeah. The, the, ones, no, the ones who you're going to send the link to. So you help them so that even them when they are listening, they hear you and they read loudly. And Jesus came and did what spoke to them saying, Ah, together, all authority has been given to me in heaven. Ah, let's first stop there. He begins by saying how much authority has been given to him. My question is, why did Jesus have to tell them how he has been given all authority? Because it seems disconnected. Why, why am I still telling me you have authority? Just tell me, guys, I want you to go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. Why did he have to inform them that he has been given authority? What's the point? Why? There's a reason why he begins by talking about authority. He's saying he has been given how much authority? All authority. All authority. Moreover, it is all authority in heaven and on earth. Mia, one of the things I think is that Jesus is saying, you cannot do the work of discipleship without my authority. You can't do it in your own authority. And that's why many of us struggle. You think it's you. It's about you and what you can do and what you can't do. I only know three scriptures over what. I am not even prayerful. I'm not even what. Uh, how many people, by the time they discover they're about to have a baby, many people are not even prepared. They figure it out as they go. No one goes to parenting school before they become a parent. The real school is parenting. So you will learn to make disciples by making disciples. But you're not doing it on your own authority. You're not doing it on your goodness. You're not doing it on account of your spirituality. You're not doing it on account of your maturity, whatever that means. You're doing it on the authority of Jesus Christ. He's saying to you, I have equipped you. I have been given all authority. Moreover, the authority is not only on earth. The authority in heaven, the authority on earth. He's saying, I am backing you up. If you choose to do this thing, I'm with you. I'm backing you up. I will help you. I will teach you. I will aid you. I will show you. I'll be with you. In fact, in the end, he says, I will be with you. He begins by saying, it is on my authority and I will be with you. You will not do it alone. When you decide to do the work of discipleship, be sure that you have the backing of heaven and earth. All authority is on your side. All of it. Because you become involved in what is so critical to the kingdom of God. That all authority, God has invested and delegated all authority in those, to those who believe in him. The moment you choose to believe in him, you become a son who has delegated authority. And we need to and operate in God's authority to make disciples. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. What does it say? It talk, talks about the authority that God has together. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Uh -huh. And the government will be upon... Yeah, like his shoulder. All... And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All authority. The whole government of heaven and earth is on the shoulders of the Son of God. And he's saying, I am giving you authority. Don't look to yourself. Look to God. On the journey of making disciples, none of us can do it. It's like, I don't think there's any parent who can tell you that they know how to parent. They're even, they like, it's the grace of God. I also don't know how I, make, I made that good decision. I also don't know how I decided to do that. It must have been the Lord. You know, every parent is more aware of what they could have done better than what they've been able to do. But doesn't stop them from parenting. And most parents parent the way they were parented. 
they are on the authority of their parents what they've seen even those who have who didn't want parented they find people who can parent them and learn what to do all authority has been given in heaven and on earth this for me this tells me that this thing is so serious that god first begins by giving us authority before we go on mission like it's that serious he gives you authority on earth and in heaven it must be really serious but the point of the authority is in the next verse all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth it doesn't say go therefore and run and run what for elections Go therefore and be leaders. God, and all these things are good and we should do them. But the point, the real, the thing that God is most interested in is making disciples. The point of the authority is for you to make disciples. Why you work where you work is so that you can make disciples. Why you're in the family you are part of is so that you can make disciples. The business you're running is an excuse to make disciples. <laughs> The workplace you're working at is not so that you can earn money. It's so that you can make disciples there. It's so that you can make disciples. Tell them about Jesus and then turn them into learners about Jesus who also make other learners. That's the point. And let me tell you, I have worked before outside of church. If you take that stance and become someone who's looking out for the kingdom, you will get promoted. First of all, you find that you have to work very well. You're forced to be excellent because you can't say, I'm a believer, but you're weird. I'm telling you, you, your testimony towards those who are outside, once you go in as a disciple tomorrow, if you walk into your workplace tomorrow as a disciple, you work differently. You will. You find yourself looking out for people, taking people to tea, praying that God shows you who, who you can talk to about what, inviting them to garage. I don't think there's anyone where I worked that I'd never invited to church. I brought them, the ones who could come invited them to garage then i would have sessions where i teach them sffg then uh everything outside work they would even come early sometimes at seven at eight we are starting work so that we do something together and there are some of you already doing that the point of being where you are you have to remember i'm here on mission we are pilgrims this is not the end of our lives we are not here for ourselves we are here for the kingdom and when you seek first his kingdom oh he pays attention i can tell you he says that what's the point of the authority what's the next the first word in this verse go you have to get out of your skin you have to go out of your comfort zone you have to go out of your usual spaces to you have to go there's a going involved in making disciples making disciples is not comfortable going is not comfortable also it's active going is not passive you can't say i'm going like if you came and told me pastor b3 we go i'm going but i'm, I'm like how am i am now like i'm going no i'm going you're asking me when no i'm going where i'm going i said i'm going can you be patient i'm going that's how some of us are for five years now you tell your pastor you have you are praying about it you are about to reach breakthrough to start the huddle breakthrough you feel breakthrough is coming for five years you see the longer you take to do it the harder it becomes for you to do it because you become comfortable in the state you're in
the devil starts ministering to you telling you it's hard look at your life you're too busy that means you think all the people making disciples have nothing to do making disciples is part of our day-to-day life it's not you don't need to go out of your life too much to you of course you go out of your way because now you don't only think about yourself reading the bible you think about others you don't only think about saving your money you think about others saving by the way that my disciples have remembered you have not sent your you are you are listening to me you've not sent your savings evidence today 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 you don't think i've forgotten i've remembered when you're, you don't save alone you make sure other people are saving you don't just have a good marriage you make sure other people are having good marriages so so you have to go out of your way because it's easier to only take care of your christian walk isn't it guys only even even that one is already hard it's already hard to take care of your own now you're trying to deal with save your own savings you're struggling they you only must struggle now they are telling you you must bring in other strugglers and you struggle together and you have to show them that you are not in the struggle by showing evidence do you see how suddenly you start saving by force because if you have people who you are telling save they say uh, where are your savings uh, show me show me then you show them then they are like ah i'm going to start saving so suddenly you can't tell them guys you need to read your bibles but for you say eh, in hezekiah chapter 3 um it says god helps those who help themselves i paraphrase i paraphrase and the disciple is looking at him saying there is a book of hezekiah some people are like hey you mean there's no book of hezekiah <laughs> seriously guys there is a going involved in making discipleship today we are talking about how discipleship is the dominant strategy of the kingdom there is no better strategy than discipleship god is not interested in crowds he's interested in students people who are growing in the character and competence of jesus powerful men and women who are who are showing the light of god and that cannot you can't grow by yourself it's hard someone needs to raise you in the kingdom the way you're raised in a family in the natural you need to be raised in a family in the spiritual it's the same and they stand out it's different so he says go therefore and the tone of going is emphatic urgency go go not go and make disciples it's go guys i've given you i came i finished the mission now your next mission is going that's the mission go Jesus paid the price for sin. Now he has asked us to go and bring in his children home. Go, bring them, go make disciples. The first word is what? There is a going involved. You must get out of your skin. You must get out of your comfort zone for you to make disciples. Growth is outside your comfort zone anyway. Nothing worthwhile happens when you're comfortable. You don't, you don't get to exercise in comfort. How many of you feel comfortable while exercising? but how many of you exercise passively by accident you exercised you found yourself you found yourself when you have grown muscles where are you we want you to pray for us after the service you got a six pack by accident you slept you woke up what a shock thank you Jesus muscles everywhere nothing worthwhile happens by accident it involves a going out of your comfort zone. It's the same for discipleship. If you're going to be a strong believer, you must be a discipling believer. 
and that means that you must go. So he says, based on the, listen, we all have the authority. If we are using it or we are strong in it, that's a different story. All authority has been given to every believer. But the ones who are experiencing the authority of God, the ones who people can talk about and say, because of Pastor Dennis, I what what my marriage is better, because of Pastor so and so, or because of my missional leader, or because of so and so, whoever you are who is making disciples, who can point at you and say, My walk with God is better because of you? That's available for every believer. You don't need a microphone. What I'm doing now is not discipleship. Heaven is not clapping for this. The thing God celebrates is when I'm alone with my 10 people and no one is watching. That's what that world celebrates this one. Not heaven. And I'm aware. So you put your most energies where no one is watching. Not here. But all of us usually we are looking for the stage. That's why in our minds we are not disciples because we, we don't see, ever see ourselves holding a microphone to preach. So we think, ah, discipleship is for preachers. It's not. Preaching is not discipleship. He did not say, go, make, go and, and, and preach to all the nations. He says, make disciples of all the nations. So the first word is what? Go. The next word after that, therefore, and what's our next active word? Now this one. You guys, making disciples is a real process. Making you don't find them disciples. Don't be shocked when you find people who look like they are so spiritual in church. Then you start walking with them closely and you're saying, what a shock. It was better not to know. I preferred how I used to see them. They can't wake up to pray. They can't read their Bible. They don't want to tithe. They give 1,000 in offertory. I'm not looking anywhere. I'm looking at the camera. They give 1,000 in offertory, but when they talk, fire upon the mountain. They greet in tongues. Those things are not signs of maturity. Praying in tongues is a gift. Preaching is a gift. Prophesying is a gift. Gifts are not signs of maturity. When I prophesy accurately to you, don't think I'm mature. I have a gift. It was bestowed by God. Maturity is capacity to make disciples. When you find my child who's seven years old speaking, being able to explain to you quantum physics, does it mean that, eh, this one, eh, they are mature, we should now give them a company to run. They have a gift. Their mind is gifted. Giftedness and maturity are not the same thing. And, and we are attracted to gift, not maturity. I'm preaching good. Even me, I'm enjoying the message. Making disciples is an active, ongoing process. I looked up the word make. <laughs> Remember the sermon is every God, everybody gets to what? Everybody gets to play. All of you have a part to play in making disciples. The word make is an active thing. It means to create, to fashion, to build, to construct. 
Are you hearing? Go and assemble disciples. Go and construct disciples. Go and build disciples. Go and put together disciples. Go and manufacture disciples. Go and produce disciples. Go and fabricate disciples. Go and force disciples. Go and compel disciples. Go and coerce disciples. Go and press disciples. Go and drive disciples. Go and pressurize disciples. Go and require. My friend, these are the words, synonyms of make. If you're in the work of discipleship, you know that they're saying exactly what you've experienced. You have to force them to save. You have to force them to, 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 to pressurize them to pray at 5 a.m. You have to... Th- Meanwhile, who is growing as they pray? Is it you? Them, but they're annoyed. They say, eh, that woman, she's a monster. She's a small monster. You see her there with lipstick. Meanwhile, what is the monster doing? They are teaching you to pray. They are making you save. They are making you have a good marriage. They are making you... And they're a little monster. Don't worry. Even you, you used to call your mother a monster. You don't worry. You're, just when they, if by the way, if your disciples never think of you that way, you're not yet parenting. No kid feels that their parents are the best when they are young. They feel like my mom eh, is a small monster with lipstick. Then my dad is the big monster. They are there. You see them smiling. Huh? Don't be deceived. They are bad. They don't let us enjoy anything. Me, I can't wait to go to the neighbors or to auntie so-and-so's. When they grow older and have their children, or they experience people who are not parented, they are like, mommy, thank you for beating us. Thank you so much for beating me. Thank you for teaching me to brush my teeth. Thank you so much for teaching me manners. They thank you like at 30. So for 30 years, you're a monster who they can't wait to one day be independent from. They get, that's why people wake up in your missional community and say, in this season, I sense the Lord sending me away from the missional community. <laughs> because the pressurized environment. Yes, making disciples requires pressure, force. Yes, compulsion, forcing, making. Bring them to flow prayer. They come annoyed with red eyes, then they receive a miracle. Don't expect them to thank you. Give it time. And then make sure they start making disciples quickly. They will now come and say, how did you do it? Now I realize how I made it hard for you. Don't keep disciples around for too long. Jesus also sent them out two by two. Go. Bring results back. Heal the sick. He says, freely you've received. Freely give. Go. You have power. You tell them, I see in you a disciple. Tell them now, start a missional community next week. Give them two months. They will come back and say, thank you for all the work you did. One, how did you manage people? People are like, I was done demons. <laughs> you tell them, umura, mwana wange, umura. don't worry, don't worry, it will get better. You know, I think the joy of a parent is when you see your child's child do the thing they did to you. You're like, well done, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah feel what you put me through, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you, yeah, how you, everything, feel it. But many of you can't experience the joy of maturity in Christianity because you've never made a disciple. You don't know what it takes to get someone and make them become something else. To turn a person who hates the word into a word lover. To turn a person who dresses like they shop in the baby section and they start dressing like an adult. Yeah. To turn them, just to see them change, to see marriages which were broken get back together. To see a broke person become a giver who is now taking care of others. You've never experienced it. All your prayer requests are about you and the rent. Don't you want your prayers to be about other people? 
how parents are thinking about others in the natural. Do you know the honor of a parent? Pastor Glory's mom is here. One of the most, I don't know, big-hearted people I know. She's a parent to too many people. She's always looking for children. Even when her children grow up, she's gathering in her house. Children from everywhere, taking care of them. She loves mothering. It's an honor to be a father and a mother. But some of us, we've never known it. Everybody, you all have an opportunity to become spiritual parents through the work of discipleship. But the work of discipleship is the work of making someone become. When you have a baby, you have to make them be something. Your parents say, I want to turn you into something. That's why I'm forcing you. I see something in you. But you, is there anyone you see anything in? Who are you raising? Get at least two, three people. Start working with them. Don't let your life be in vain. Your Christianity was all about you. You left nothing behind. Who are you making? Who are you forcing to pray? Who are you forcing to read their Bible? Who are you forcing to be, to be happier at their workplace? Who are you forcing? Who's conver- who are you having conversations with in the inbox? Or you're just on Instagram scrolling? I realize that even us in our marriage, the more we focus on other people, the better our marriage got. It's like you don't think about yourselves. You're thinking about others. I can't explain it. It's a spiritual principle. Everybody gets to play. Making disciples is active. It's laborious. It's intentional. It's not accidental. You can't say I'm making disciples by accident. Them, they don't know. But me, I know. Huh? Can you be saying me, I'm parenting that child? They don't know, but me, I know I'm parenting them. They don't know. They don't know. But me, you see me. Huh? Those are my five children. They don't know. Hmm. Yeah, you tell your friend, Awo. <laughs> they are mine. I'm parenting them in secret. They don't know. That's how some of you, when we ask you, you say, me, I can't lead a mission or community, but me, I'm discipling. You disciple them through your WhatsApp status. Huh? Virtual disciples. You don't know them, they also don't know you, but you know they are there. You feel it in your spirit. Can you name them? And you know the opposite of making? Go and look. I I tell you what it is in the dictionary. The opposite of making is destroying. When you choose to refuse to take part in making disciples, you're part of the destroyers. The Bible says that a lazy man is a friend to the great destroyer. When you choose to be lazy and refuse to take part in making disciples, you're part of the destroyers. Because auntie, if you're not with us, you're against us. Guys, am I saying lies? Yeah, like that's what it, I know that that's not what you want. On Sunday morning, you want us only to talk about the broomstick of Jehu. People, by the way, someone who came and asked me, Pastor B3, Apostle keeps saying the broomstick of Jehu. I really would like you to explain it to me. I'm like, guys, you need to learn to joke, learn to relax. Not everything is so deep, and we must explain it. And some of you are still looking at me like this. What is it? Tell your neighbor, relax. You're scaring the preacher. Those of you who are looking at me badly, you're not making disciples. Don't scare me. He says that we go and make disciples and the scope is of all the nations. That's why everyone gets to play. The work is too much. It's all the nations. It's not just your small group. That's why when you raise them, release them. Don't say because it feels nice, you really like them, they're helping you in the missional community. Send them. Stop being selfish. Send the best ones. 
don't send the ones who that you're like this one they disturb me the most they must go and make mission disciples you want them to reproduce themselves send the best ones get them make them send them get them make them send them get them make them send them keep making disciples don't get stagnant because the work is a lot it's nations all the nations all the nations that is the scope of the work let me show you isaiah 60 22 a little one shall become and a small one a strong i the lord will hasten it in its time that's the dream of god the dream is that you a little one become someone who is through your discipleship you end up leading thousands of people meanwhile while you you continue to have a job you continue to be a parent you continue to grow in your career but you're making disciples you don't need to quit your work to make disciples it's everyday life it's going with them to a supermarket and teaching them to pick good brands you have gone with my disciples before and i said no you pick then i'm like why did you pick that it's cheaper by how much 500 shillings never pick that brand again put it back because what i know about it is not good this is the best brand take it so you're teaching them quality you're teaching them how to make sure their homes are beautiful you're teaching them to be hospitable you're teaching them to laugh well if they are girls there are some girls who laugh badly that boys fear to approach them you teach them manawange don't laugh like that they shouldn't see your epiglottis when you laugh huh? epiglottis no one wants to see it you're scaring it's it's shaking like this i'll teach you in private <laughs> romans 1 5 says through him we have received i want you to read this one with me together through him we have received grace and what why have we received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations everyone has received apostleship all of you have the grace to go the people were in the office of the apostle but all of us have grace and apostleship every believer is a going believer and when you choose to disobey that you're a destroying believer and your life stays very small the opposite of making is destroying I want to show you a table. I don't know if they have it. Do you have my table of discipleship math? If you have it, you just project it for me. Because I want to show you what happens. Apostle has taught this so many times. If you just made 10 disciples, and out of those 10, only 5 actually multiplied. And those 5 who made disciples, you also tell them to get 10. But of their 10, only 5 multiply. So we are imagining that you have a 50% failure rate or success rate whichever way you want to look at it that if you do that thing at the end of 30 years of your life you will have 9.7 disciples behind you meanwhile you you only keep discipling your five your ten 9.7 million 9.7 million in 30 years and most of us here we still have 30 years of our lives ahead it's not too far that means that if the church woke up and we all actually did the work how many of you here feel like honestly i think i can in my, for 30 years i can disciple 10 people without changing for th it's not too much right 10 people the same people you talk to them you don't have to plant a church imagine if you had to do that not so so it means even if you didn't put up your hand you can the truth is you can 
while doing your life continuing you don't need to quit anything but we've complicated it in our heads we think discipleship is something we can't touch it is teaching them what you're learning getting because you're going to see in the scripture let's go back to Matthew 28 19 let's go back to Matthew 28 19 please He says go therefore and make create disciples of all the nations how do you make disciples he tells you one baptize why aren't you reading anymore baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son so he's assuming that you're going to at least even get some people born again and baptize them right and then the next verse tells you the the active thing you must do verse 20 let's go verse 20 teaching them who is on the slides today i'm about to fire you teaching them to that word observe is obey teaching them to obey how many things all things that i have suggested to you it means that for you to be a disciple you must see that the word of god is a command to be obeyed that's why you choose to make disciples even making disciples is you obeying god's word none of us wakes up and we desire to make disciples But we do it because it's what God has said and we want to obey him. It's what he has commanded. <laughs> it's you really think that any of us is there and we want to be there trying to teach adults to read their bible to save their money adults who their parents failed to teach them. Now we are the ones. You why why would you willingly do it? You because God has commanded it. It's the only reason So he says that how do you make disciples you make disciples by teaching them to obey obedience is a major characteristic of disciples obedience is taught obedience is not natural even our own children we have to teach them obedience he says the first thing you teach is you teach them to obey everything god has commanded you You don't teach them to obey what you what God has never what has ne- you, what you you're not doing. Do you understand? So as a disciple all you need to do is have someone who's discipling you. Whatever they teach you you do. Once you do it you teach your people to do it. Is that does that sound like a complicated thing? Guys it's really not. I promise. You hear people telling you you changed my life even you, you don't know how. You're like how? Because you me how? But once you have people and you're responsible for them you find that you do things you would not do if you they were not you are not responsible for them like suddenly you have opportunity to be great because of the responsibility in front of you Responsibility is an, is a door to greatness I don't know how many people you know who are great without responsibility I don't know any Teaching them to obey teaching the work of discipleship is the work of teaching you become a teacher parents are primarily teachers Manange parents are teachers. Ah, parents, eh, eh, you must teach everything. Everything must be taught. So even in discipleship you're teaching beyond church on Sunday, you're teaching on Monday, on Tuesday, not teaching them through scripture. I'm saying teaching, sometimes with scripture, sometimes without. Teaching them. Say so you don't talk like that to people. You don't you don't make an older person stand up from a chair. One time I found one of my disciples doing that at a concert. They came and tapped an old woman, a man or a woman, and told them excuse it was a woman. Eh? That's my that's my seat. Ah! I had to run into action. That's my kid. It's my spiritual child in their 20s, 30s. 
I have to run and say, excuse, hey, what are you doing? I had booked this chair first. That is discipleship. You say, no, no, no. You shall rise before the gray-headed. You, you booked it first where? You came first in the world. They came first in the world before you. Once someone came first in the world before you, you have to honor them. That's what the scriptures teach us. This thing of it's my right, I, had, I booked a chair. I told them, find a chair here. It's no longer yours. The moment a gray-headed person is on it, in fact, you should have stood up when they were looking for a chair and offered it in the first place. That's discipleship. So it's teaching you. Oh, it's every opportunity is a teaching opportunity. On WhatsApp, off WhatsApp, in life, etc. Teaching them. What are you, first of all, you're teaching, and you're teaching them. And then you're teaching them to obey. And then you're teaching them to obey all things that you've been commanded. Do you understand? That's the work of a discipler. It's the work of a parent. Teaching them, teaching them to obey. Teaching them to obey all things. How, you, how I'm teaching is not how I teach my disciples. Yeah, we are not in a discussion. What do they feel or think? No. Because if you cannot obey, you're not a disciple. One of the major characteristics of a disciple is capacity to obey. How you know that someone is someone's child is their capacity to obey them. If a child cannot obey a parent, then they were not parented. And our generation, we want our children to be our friends. We don't want to teach them to obey. We want to teach them to like us. We want to be popular. So we are destroying our children. Because we've watched it on TV. Kids who abuse their parents, slap them, slam doors, stamp their feet. You slam my door in my house. Do you multiply that behavior when they are 30 and see what they will do? They will never have opportunities. People will avoid them. And look, that is your work. Because you want, you, you, they're fragile. You know, you need to teach them. Your kids gotta be, you know, friends. You, you gotta reason together. You leave me to be local in my village. My kid, even when you're annoyed and we've had a difficult conversation, you put the door back gently. You slam it. Oh, what a blessing. You teach them to do what? What do you teach disciples? Obedience. And that's why many of us don't want to get involved in discipleship. We want to be popular. We want to be Mr. Nice. Mr. Nice never makes it to greatness. Children who are raised to be great were raised in pressurized environments in their homes. High pressure. You treat, you treat them in, I don't know how to say it in English, but in my language, I don't know how they say it in English. They say, me, 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 teza za mojo. How do you say it in English? Me, 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 me. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't raise a son. It's like you can't raise a strong man with just kissing and hugging. Those are the boys disturbing their wives. If you're going to be a disciple, you have to have a strong hand. I'm not saying you're tough and you're fake. You're a parent. You love them. Every time your parent is tough because they love you. The one God loves, he corrects. If you have your friends who have never corrected you, they are not your friends. They talk about you privately. You see, if I can't correct you, I gossip about you. Teach them to obey. 
teach them to obey all things. And then he tells you that I am with, he says, hello, <laughs> when you choose to do this thing, I'm with you. Because it's, it's going to be hard sometimes. And he says to the end of the age, in other words, the work of discipleship is for a lifetime. Parents never stop parenting until their children, until they leave the world. Like you never, you can't say, eh, now they are married. Eh, who, eh, who, 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 who. Live your life, I live mine. You're a bad parent. Because now they need you in that stage of life. They need to know that motherhood, fatherhood, raising children, going through the difficulties of raising money, what you're teaching them, when to build, how to build, where to build. You're, you're guiding them. Then they become older. Then they're not, now their children are growing. The children want to get married. If you're blessed enough to be a grandparent, who gets to see your grandkids getting married? You're involved. So you don't say, ah, you were in my MC. I released you to go and plant an MC. Goodbye, teacher. May God bless you. <laughs> I've survived you. Let me see who else I can't. You continue to love them, to check on them, to raise them, to teach them, to give them opportunity. They'll be different. The, the relationship changes. They are now parents. You don't treat them like children, but they're still a relationship. Hmm. I want to say to you, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity because God has given you the ability, the equipment, the opportunity, and in this church, the strategy to make disciples. It's your choice now to move from a spectator to an active player on the pitch. There is room enough for all of us to make disciples. The work is all the nations. There's so much room. You have people you influence at your workplace, in your home, in your, in your area, in your community. There's at least some people you influence. How about you bring them closer into an intentional relationship of discipleship? And some of you, I'm hearing your brains, you're saying, Ah, Albambi, I've really understood today, I'll start next year. Why? Ah, the year has ended. No. Start today. Start this afternoon. Call some people home. Start tomorrow. Start this week. Don't go beyond this week because if you take it any longer, the same demons that stopped you all these years are going to come and bind you some more. By January, you will say, eh, I, made, I made bad decisions over Christmas. I'm not wise. I can't make disciples. Remember, every parent is imperfect. But they are parents. You'd rather have an imperfect parent than no parent at all. The world is full of orphans. And God has sent us out there spiritual orphans to raise them nurture someone in your lifetime be an active participant everybody gets to do what everybody gets to so I ask you what is Jesus saying to you what are you going to do about it who are you going to raise intentionally starting today not next week the best day to start is today the best day to start is today start your journey to greatness to a life of purpose to a life beyond yourself amen isn't it a good word from the Lord? Let's get up on our feet as we respond. Even as we respond this morning, there are people here today and you've never met Jesus, Lord of your life. The first step to becoming a parent is to become a son or a daughter. And so you're here today or you're at any of our locations and you're watching or you're here in the room and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. 
if you're here you're not here by accident god is on mission <laughs> he wants to bring you home he loves you there's no sin too bad that god cannot accept you in his family you don't need to clean yourself up i need everyone else praying you don't need to clean yourself up you don't need to do anything better for yourself today can be the beginning of the rest of your life and so if you're here today i need no one moving i need a still if you're here today and you've never met jesus lord of your life i want to invite you right now to begin the journey with god with no fear because there will be fear in your heart there are voices telling you ah get saved quietly don't do it oh you're not ready how will you deal with the other issue bring all that to jesus and he'll fix it i just want you to put your hand up where you are you say i want to start a new relationship with jesus i want to walk with him as my lord and savior just put your hand up thank you my brother pastors i need you switched on i need you just put your hand up where you are you're joining a big family of believers you're joining a big you keep clapping your hands because in heaven there is a party thank you thank you my brother if you're there you're saying you know what i want to start this relationship you guys are talking about i want to walk with god I want to start a relationship with Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. I just want you to come. Come, 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 come. Put your hand up if you need someone to walk with you or just run down. Come to the Father. You're saying, you know what? Today is the day of salvation. I want to start a new chapter in my life. I want to walk with God. I want to start a new beginning. If that is you today, I don't want you to go back without receiving jesus because you see it is written in his word if anyone is ashamed of me before men i'll be ashamed of him before my father in heaven but if you recognize me before men i will recognize you before my heavenly father don't be ashamed of jesus there's nothing to be ashamed of to come into the arms of the one who loved you and gave himself for you the one who made you and formed you from your mother's womb i know there's still some people and so i'm going to ask you please come don't go back with the burden of sin don't go back with the burden of being away from god come to him today in the presence and the congregation of all these believers can i see people who have who are born again if you're here put your hand up boldly do you see all these people you're getting to be part of them you're not alone you're joining a big family so if you're still there and you want to receive jesus as your lord and savior i want you to put your hand up say you know what i'm accepting today i want to be part of this big family i want to walk with god can you come or just put your hand up where you are and someone will come and walk with you i really this is the most important part of our service this moment right here because it's what heaven celebrates i know that they are coming at the different locations and even here in the room i'm going to give another opportunity turn to your neighbor for me and do the work of an evangelist ask them are you born again if they say no say would you like to start today if they say yes walk with them and bring them boldly to the to here because they might be scared they're like i don't want to be seen i'm scared i don't want people to see me you know i feel a bit threatened and we want them you know why we make you walk is something breaks when you when you publicly denounce your attachment to the enemy and you pronounce your new beginning with god i don't know but it works it just works jesus always made them participate in their miracle has your neighbor anyone bringing a neighbor or your st- hey someone is bringing a neighbor thank you jesus thank you jesus oh yes it is important 
it is critical keep clapping your hands in heaven there is a party right now angels are singing the hallelujah chorus in my imagination oh yes they are serving fanta in heaven there is a party oh yes keep clapping keep clapping as my sister comes welcome to the family of god my sister welcome to the family of god my brothers and sisters watching us online at the different locations welcome to the family of god today is the beginning of the best days of your life hallelujah what a blessing and she's beautiful welcome 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 all right i want you to stretch out your hands to these precious people my brother and my sister just put your hand on your chest and i want you to pray this prayer after me from the bottom of your heart say lord jesus today i receive you as my lord and savior i'm part of your family write my name in the book of life forgive me of all my sins give me a new beginning today i'm born again i am a child of god in jesus name amen hallelujah welcome to the family of god please follow this pastor over there he's just going to take you just there for five minutes come on love on them as they go what a blessing and now if there's any sickness in your body in the name of Jesus, just touch where there is pain. If you don't, can't touch, just touch your heart. We speak healing over you right now. Healing grace flows in this room. Over every pain, physical, emotional, mental. We speak healing. We speak wholeness. We speak freedom. We speak comfort. Someone you're struggling with grief. Grief. Grief over a loss in your life, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a business, a loss of something important to you. We speak healing and comfort to you in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. 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 We speak healing, healing from every sickness, every pain, every dysfunction, every dysfunction of any part of your body. We speak wellness right now. We reverse anything that the enemy had started to do in your body. We reverse it in the name of Jesus. We speak perfection. We speak exchange right now. And we declare that it is well with you. And you will testify in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, may the Lord bless you. May he make his face to shine on you as you make a decision to make disciples and participate in the work of the kingdom. May you find ease. May you find joy on this journey. May you be a blessing and may his favor rest on you in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393 281 555